In Southeast Agnet's Ag and Review for the week ending November the 6th, farm groups are reviewing and responding to the text of the Trans-Pacific Partnership that was made available this week. The National Pork Producers Council quickly pledged strong support to the trade deal and urges Congress to act quickly. The National Cattlemen's Beef Association President Philip Ellis said NCBA supports the agreement as the TPP would immediately reduce the tariff from Japan from 38.5% to 27.5%. But meanwhile, National Farmers Union took a stance of strong opposition. NFU President Roger Johnson said if we enter this agreement, our trade deficit, already exceeding $500 billion a year, will continue to rise, not fall. He said the deal is as bad for America's farmers and ranchers as we had feared. But Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack said while the release of the text is a critical benchmark, there is still much work to be done. He said with 95% of the world's consumers outside our borders, we cannot afford to let this opportunity slip away. Well, many in agriculture have been supporting Florida Representative Tom Rooney's amendment to address the outdated truck weight laws in H.R. 22, Surface Transportation Reauthorization and Reform Act. But as National Cattlemen's Beef Association Vice President of Government Relations, Colin Woodall says that will not be included in the House Highway Bill. Unfortunately, the House of Representatives completely failed America's cattle producers this week on the transportation bill. This is an amendment that we have been working on for years now, even going back to previous action on highway transportation bills. Our request was very simple. We want to try to find ways to be as efficient as possible in moving cattle around the country. And when you look at the 80,000-pound limit that is currently placed on semi-tractors, we know that we could add additional weight in conjunction with an additional axle and have trucks that were actually safer than what we have on the roads right now. But unfortunately, we had groups like America's Railroads who came out against us because uh, they felt that this was going to cut into uh, their ability to stay competitive. Unfortunately, they forget that we don't move cattle, nor do we move beef on the railroads anymore. So this was definitely a slap in the face to us. Now, we're going to continue to push on this because the science is very clear that adding weight to these trailers with additional axle is something that we can get done and have less wear and tear on the roads than we currently do. And also, we need to make sure these members of Congress understand that they have put us at a competitive disadvantage because in Incoming uh, container traffic and import traffic can get a special permit to run at over 80,000 pounds. So these are international conglomerates that are going to be able to get uh, permits over us as a domestic industry. And it's just unfortunate that the House did not take action. Well, in other news, South Carolina farmers have started trying to recover from the historic October flooding. With more on that story, here's Brianna Bullard. Cotton and peanut crops suffered the most damage from rain, and the chairman of the South Carolina Peanut Board, Richard Rents, says a lot of peanut farms are a total loss. We spoke with Richard about what the future looks like for South Carolina peanut growers. Well, you know, this, obviously this is the, the biggest thing on our mind. You know, everybody is you know, kind of worried about next year, what it's going to be like. Richard says contracts for 2016 are a major concern. We're concerned about, you know, going forward, what kind of contracts might be available or how many we'll be able to grow. And so it's all kind of weighing on everybody's mind. Despite the losses in South Carolina, the U.S. peanut crop is still making good yields. Even... With this flood in South Carolina, there's still a uh, huge crop of peanuts going to be made in the United States. Richard says peanut farmers are still optimistic about what the future will hold for them. There's nothing we can do about the past and very little we can do about the present. We just have to hope we have a brighter, a brighter days ahead. For Southeast Agnet, I'm Brianna Bullard. 
Well, we told you last week that farmers who sign up for either the Agriculture Risk Coverage, ARC, or Price Loss Coverage, PLC programs, will receive safety net payments for the 2014 crop year. But there was a delay in getting some of those payments out, but according to Tyron Spearman, they should now be ready. Earlier this week, the USDA had announced that they were making their payments on last year's marketing year for peanuts on the PLC program, Price Loss Coverage. They have been making efforts at the FSA office to get those checks out prior to November the 1st. There were some delays in the computer system, and that delayed some farmers getting their payment. The payment was figured on $535 per ton, which was the reference price, and then the average price of peanuts last year was $440 per ton. That left a PLC, or price loss coverage payment, of $95 per ton. There were some adjustments on that. Instead of 7.3% on the reduction because of the budget, it was 6.8%. That lowers the $95 per ton down to $88.54 per base ton allocated on each farm. These payments only applies to 85% of the farm's base. And checks should be ready now at your FSA office. I'm Tyron Spearman for Southeast Agnet. And with this week's Georgia Grown Moment, here's Julie McPeak. For this week's Georgia Grown Moment, we highlight Gold Members Jay Moore Farms, a diversified produce farm and popular agritourism destination in the North Georgia Mountains. Manager Drew Eccles says they were locally grown before it was cool, as the farm has been selling produce for 103 years. But he also says the Georgia Grown Program has allowed them to take their business to the next level. We definitely try to capitalize on the Georgia Grown marketing and use the Department of Ag resources as much as possible. It's a great network. You know, if I don't have a product, I can keep my shelves full with some product from other farms in the state. And I think consumers are looking for the logo now. You know, in the past three or four years, we've started adding that logo to our strawberry flats, to our blackberry containers, to our peach containers, just all the way around, and even on some of the jams and jellies. For more information, visit jmorefarms.com. That's J-A-E-M-O-R farms.com. For Georgia Grown, I'm Julie McPeak. Well, in other news, many Americans rely on USDA's Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, otherwise known as SNAP. And Kathy Isom tells us about the first-of-its-kind employment training center, who it will benefit, and why officials say it could save the government money in the long run. Many Americans rely on the Agriculture Department's Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, or SNAP. Eligibility depends on those who are working or looking for work during a certain time period. Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack says every state offers some type of employment and training program, but they do vary greatly in effectiveness from state to state. What has been lacking is that would enable us to centralize our efforts to improve our employment and training efforts across the 50 states. Until now, a grant was awarded to a group in Seattle to establish the first-of-its-kind SNAP Employment Training Center of Excellence. Washington State Congresswoman Suzanne Delbonet says all of this work will help low-income Americans by giving them the specialized training and education needed to increase their earning potential. And possibly decrease their need for the SNAP program at all. I'm Kathy Isom, Southeast Agnet. And to wrap up this week's podcast, Everett Griner talks about the foodborne illnesses in the U.S. Since I became a farm reporter, I've proudly boasted that we have the safest food supply in the world. You know, I'm wondering now if the rest of the world is worse than we are. I keep reading and hearing about foodborne illnesses product recall, and food plant closings because of food safety problems. One estimate showed 9 million Americans suffered some kind of foodborne sickness in a single year. 
You know what they cost? Over $10 billion. Now you can add that much money to what it costs to stay healthy. So you, so you'll know most of the sickness occurred after that food product left the farm. What food? Could be anything you put on your table. Now, the question is, can it be stopped? 100% is unlikely, but steps are being taken by USDA, FDA, CDC, and all other government agencies. And it is safe to say that we still have the safest food supply in the world. Those reports and more can be found on our website, southeastagnet.com. Randall Wiseman, Southeast Agnet.